0: This is the Negro League Podcast with Preach Jake. Two, one, two, one, two. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the premier episode of the Negro League podcast. I go by the name of Preach Jacobs. I am your host. Um, so far the concept is me talking to a very, really dope, interesting people. So every once in a while um, we're going to have great interviews or it might just be me by myself. I don't know. But the Negro League, kind of in a nutshell, um, I'm a baseball freak. I love Satchel Page, I love Josh Gibson. And the idea of the Negro League is basically, you know, that's what the best players were. And it wasn't just great baseball. But it was great black economy and it was very uh, a Marcus Garveyish ideal of, of having empowerment of your community. So the Negro League is kind of the best of the talent that we see out there. And that's me paying homage to the Negro League and the people that that make dope shit happen in the community with black and brown skin. Um This episode is called Black as Fuck for a couple of reasons. Um, On top of me being a musician and a journalist for the people that don't know me, I'm doing a one-man show, which is titled Black as Fuck, that we're going to be doing here in Columbia, South Carolina at the Trusses Theater. And accompanied today, or tonight, whenever y'all listening to this, we got my homie.
1: You can say tonight if you're recording it at night.
0: Okay, well, cool. They
1: don't have to know that.
0: Okay, well, you're messing me all up. Kari Levy.
1: Yeah, what's up? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> yo, my waveforms look mad low.
0: Yo, you look mad low, but you know I can edit it. So hold yeah, on, just, yo, fixing. Hey, oh, yeah, I'm gonna fix. It, I'm gonna fix. It. Hold on.
1: No, it's fixing post. Oh shit! This is your audacity.
0: Yeah, we we getting off to a great start. Um, yeah, so so I guess this is kind of our way of of this is kind of like a a dress rehearsal for the public to listen to, right? Where we're still in the process of, of getting a lot of the meat ready for the show, which is going to yeah. be May the 27th. And, um, I guess the idea of something being black as fuck, it was something that I, I thought was really, really interesting. Right. Right. Like I'm a, I'm a boxing fan and Jack Johnson was the first black heavyweight champion boxer. And he was six foot one or two very brown skin, bald gold teeth, Used to fuck white holes, <laughs> and and, and and he was his fucking
1: biography.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I just I know everything about him. This is, I'm his fucking Wikipedia page. But the thing about it was, there was an article written about him after he had won the heavyweight championship, and they said that he was unforgivably black. And I always wow. thought that I thought that term was was pretty profound. And 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 the idea of black as fuck for me came for a few reasons. Where one. A grandmother passed last year and I realized there were so many stories that I wanted to hear from her so much. I wanted to learn so much that now as I get older, you know, I think about things like marriage and kids and seeing how this Trump administration looks just like Jim Crow. And I would love to hear more things from her. So the idea of um, everybody has a right to tell their story made me really want to do this. And not just be a traditional hip hop artist performing a song. I wanted to be able to be in an atmosphere where we can have a little more time and let these stories cook. So you know, Black as Fuck was basically me just having an attempt to to tell these stories that I grew up on. Whether it's stories from my grandmother growing up in the Jim Crow South, stories of being I don't know realizing your blackness. I guess. So I guess my question would be, what does a project like this How does this resonate with you? The idea, the concept.
1: Uh, resonate. I don't know. Um, God, resonate is such a general, big, weird. (laughs) Let me think. So basically I think mostly it's just interesting to be able to continue doing the stuff that you're talking about, Mm. making, um, making different stories, prevalent. Or just like even, I got not prevalent, but just out here. Yeah. You don't have everything out here necessarily. Um, I also like the idea of intersectionality between genres as far as art forms are concerned. Because you're talking about taking hip hop ideals Mm -hmm. to what is not normally used for the stage.
0: Nigga, hold on. What? (laughs) Your, Your waves is mad low. Look at that shit, man. Look at this shit. You see this? Talk, talk closer. There you go. I gotta get up in it. You ain't gotta get all up in it. See, you ain't gotta get all up in it. See, but look, look at it now. Okay, yeah, there we go. Use them. There you it's go. Really all right. So this yeah. is the Negro League podcast, and just like everything else, black. This is the BET Awards. Yeah. This <laughs> is the BET Awards. See, okay, it's looking better now. And I ain't added none of this shit, so you know we just don't have nah, to get yo, deal with it. Hold on, nigga.
1: Oh my god! Why is this so hood? Nah, I got it. Okay, all right, I was about to. Somebody doesn't. Apparently so. (laughs) What MCs don't learn how to use mic stands?
0: Nah, we don't, son. Apparently not. Yeah. Is that the old school way? Pretty much. That sounds about right. (laughs) Oh, this is going off the rails. (laughs) But um, but no, like like what does what does the idea of of the concept unforgivably black or black as fuck? What does that mean to you?
1: I think it's just black in your in your honesty, honestly.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know. I think it's pretty self-explanatory. I can't break it down past the title, which is why I think it's a good title.
0: Yeah. I mean, do you, you think... You can't
1: get any more base. That's the base level.
0: Do you think it's self-explanatory? Because I think a lot of people I'm might... Black as fuck? But I say that to say that...
1: How black is that shit?
0: My, my thing is that I feel like, you know, it'd be interesting to see black people in America, if you ask them what identifies you as black it might it might be more difficult than we think you know what i'm saying it's sort of like certain things that we know what we feel but you know like i'm gonna be talking what
1: your experience is
0: well fair enough i think i think it might be in a situation where we have a lot of experiences just growing up
1: i think black as fuck is being able to provide your experiences without worrying or even thinking about any other sort of outside experience.
0: Shit. Well, I think sometimes we go through experiences and we don't know that they're black experiences doing, until we look black, back on The that. show
1: Black as Fuck is meant for black, for a black audience from a black person. White people can be there, but it's not built to to cushion them or cater to them.
0: I I, think maybe I agree. True. You know what? I think I think you hit the nail on the head, right? Because I I, I say hip hop in its best purest form, because that's that's me throwing through as a hip hop artist. Mm hip hop works best when it's not searching the approval of white folks. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like 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 I was kind of perturbed that Kendrick wins the uh the Pulitzer for Damn and not To Pimp a Butterfly because To Pimp a Butterfly was a black as fuck album. You know what I'm saying? Like like it was it was it was somebody that was in a commercial realm saying to black America, "Hey, this is for you." And I think that that's really powerful nowadays. I mean, but
1: is damn not.
0: I think damn comparatively. I mean, you know, I think I think Kendrick still is that same person, but you now can you tell. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. <laughs> the, the the Nick scale on the Richter scale. But like, nah, like I think I think Kendrick on damn. He kinda wanted to just wrap his ass off. So there was like a lot more of him, you know, on DNA just showing like the rap Olympics, and showing what he wanted to be able to do, like I'm just rappity rappity mm-hmm. rapping, as opposed to Pimple Butterfly was was extremely That's how social conscious. Dan. I
1: read damn is him proving that he could do a pop record.
0: I think we already knew he could do a pop record, but I think he accidentally did mm-hmm. pop records. I think he did black shit that that ended up being popular. This I'm not talking about based on the music, I'm talking about based on the white people that I saw respond to it, right? Because it's like, mm-hmm. when Damn came out, see, the white people was like... At,
1: yeah, you caught up in that white gaze, baby. It, oh, look. I wasn't even thinking about that. I was <laughs> literally but, just thinking about him trying... I thought Damn was him going, I can do multiple styles of rap and pop, even though y'all do not... Y'all may not know that I can, or you may know that I can, but I just want to show you that I can, and make it cohesive, <laughs> and make it... A, an art statement at the same time.
0: I, I feel like he he. I feel like he doesn't I mean, put it like this. He's like the anti-hero, right? The album cover, this nigga is wearing a t-shirt and 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 the braids from the nineties and shit. He got like the D'Angelo, how does it feel? Braids with the yeah, nappy yeah. beard. So like, I don't think he really cares about the the pop aspect as much as he just want to make the record. I'm just saying, based on when To Pimp a Butterfly came out, the response of the people that I knew, black folks I knew. I would hear a lot, and I didn't hear a lot from white people. And then when Damn came out, it felt like white people were like, "Oh, wow, we can enjoy this one now." You know what I'm saying? Because Damn felt more inclusive than than to Pimp a Butterfly. Generation
1: did. gap, baby. My mm. age range loved to Pimp a Butterfly.
0: I mean, we're the same. What we're we're the same age, from? though. No, we're twenty twenty fifteen,
1: twenty 2015. 2014, 2015. <laughs> I was twenty five then. Twenty four, twenty five. What? Yeah.
0: Get the fuck out of here. So
1: the Pimper Butterfly came out, and most Mm. of my age range were these white kids that grew up being hipsters in college. Mm -hmm. So all of them, they're, oh, yeah, we're into this Neo Jazz shit. This album's the best thing ever. Pitchfork gave it uh, 25.0. Oh, God. People are losing it over it. I think that I felt like white people leaned into it because they felt like they were supposed to. Because (laughs) they were like, it's super black, so we have to get it.
0: Oh, is it one of those as things far where Dan
1: is concerned I haven't really cared as much as what white people because I was like it's 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 poppier so you're going to you're gonna gravitate towards it because you appreciate black music because you're a human being you're gonna get <laughs> the poppier stuff you're gonna get closer to because you listen to it more often
0: I mean like I said I think I think Kendrick
1: I don't think he's making it with that in mind. I, that's what I'm
0: saying. I don't I don't think I think this is purely us responding to the art that he's putting out because he's put out in, like his last three projects, they incredibly are different from one another. You know what I'm saying? Like there's still kind of the the strong undertone of him being, you know, very very in tune with his blackness. Because all of a sudden he curated the Black Panther soundtrack as well. So mm. so there's not a there's not a it's not me saying that. Damn, if it sounds more poppy, that he's getting away from the blackness. I just I just think that I, I could t- feel like they get weirder. I think I think to pimp a butterfly was more emotionally taxing in a way that.
1: Yes, Dan, I hear that. Yeah, the I Middle think butterfly is hard to re-listen to.
0: And see, but I think it's harder to make, and so I think Dan was him kind of like, "All right, let me just do something that's a little more lighthearted." does, that, it, does th- it matter? I think I think it does. I think I think you know why? I think because art is one of the few things historically that becomes the credit, not the credit, but it becomes the the report card of society at a time, right? Mm-hmm. Is that everything else could be skewed. Like, you, you know, you can watch news footage from shit from years ago, but depending on what news station you watch, it might be skewed. Art is that thing that really tells you what's going on. So I think that it's interesting to hear music from the Obama administration to now. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, it's interesting to see, you know, what kind of hip-hop was coming out during the Reagan years. You know, NWA came out during the Reagan years. You know what I'm saying? Like, so a lot of that stuff kind of goes hand in hand. And I think it's interesting when we look at how certain things go, you can kind of look at what's going on, maybe politically, maybe social, economically, or whatever, and and, and kind of say, I I understand why this record came out now. You know what I mean? I feel
1: like it started about 10 years before I was born. There he Seems goes. Like-
0: Not being on the microphone again. <laughs> I'm about to fucking with you i are not
1: going listen first off you said pretty see ass what? bitch mic over here and you gave your guest this like doo ass what is it? this
0: it's a short mic man also an SM58 yeah, it's on this
1: shitty ass boom what is this oh, gosh you didn't even see look at look at this look at this
0: now now there he goes oh, yeah. see there it go. go
1: uh i don't even <laughs> remember what we were talking about see you don't fuck me up oh, i'm sorry listen you were talking about something about Kendrick
0: mm. I don't want to be Kendrick heavy with this, with this. It's just, I just thought he would be a, a good, um...
1: Oh, I feel like about, t- like, ten years before I was born, there was this thing where people started, I think it may be post-Motown, mm. the anger over getting, everyone getting fucked over from that time period. Mm. Art-wise. Art I feel like a lot of black artists got fucked over financially.
0: What, because of Motown?
1: Well, not because of Motown, but I mean, like, that that period of and before... I feel like a lot of artists had issues with making records that made a shit ton of money and having zero dollars to show for it.
0: I don't. I don't know when that changed, right? Because like I think that
1: I feel like it changed when black people started thinking that they needed to own their own music and hire and like. Make and protect themselves from people that they attempted to trust in the past. I mean, that never gave them a reason to trust them to begin with.
0: I don't know much about historically, like Barry Gordy's relationship as as a business runner. Well,
1: not him. I'm just saying that time period.
0: I I, got you. I mean, you know, the thing about it is, I I think I'm
1: talking more Phil Spector. Like, I'm talking about these giant A and M, these giant recording studios mm -hmm. that just owned all this black music. These, These studios that years before that stole all this music from artists and mm-hmm. then funneled it through artists like Elvis and made them the quote unquote king of rock and roll Yeah, and, and shit. Like I'm talking about all of that. It seemed like around the eighties, there started to be this turn and I think Motown helped it into black people going, we can own this shit.
0: You know, the, the and I
1: think that is what, and I think we're getting further into black people, understanding that we have the ability to own our own shit. Through like lessons of the past I don't know there's You, something you, going on
0: you know it's interesting right Because it's like There's a difference between I think I think black culture In America If we talk about If we talk about blues If we talk about jazz If we talk about You know Motown period was soul and funk And we talk about hip hop culture There was always this or authentic Or rock and roll Or, or, or pop or 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 roll or Yeah I mean I really feel like there was a big
1: band, honestly. Shit. I mean, let's just say,
0: let's just say just, just music, period. Most
1: American music.
0: Yeah, all American music. I mean, you know, we, 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 we made it funky, you know, but, um, I think that, that honesty in and in wanting to create was always there. I think what always happened was it didn't feel valid until white America tapped into it. So it's like, you know. All these like great black visual artists, like the Basquiat of the world, we have to wait for, you know, uh, what's the guy's name? Campbell Soup, motherfucker. World?
1: Yeah, we had to wait it's for- It's also pre-internet. I also think that without under the the access to this much knowledge at this speed is mm-hmm. harder. Just think about the fact that Afropunk exists right now.
0: Yeah. yeah. Can you
1: imagine growing up if we had an Afropunk? I mean, yeah. Fuck. I don't know where I would be growing <laughs> It almost makes me mad. Like I'm almost like if I had an AfroPunk as a kid shit, I don't know. We we would I don't think either of us would be right here.
0: No, I don't think so. You, you, know, <laughs> you know what it is, is that we've always had these things inside of us that we felt we felt weird about, right? It's like, you know, I can like to Without listen information, to
1: information. It's easier to hide that shit. Yeah.
0: And I think and I think that what's happening now, and maybe this is kind of turning back going back full circle with the black as fuck idea, yeah. is that I think the most important thing is, black people are in control of telling their own stories, and I don't think that was something that we had control over. Even Would even something the most
1: in control of it that we've ever been.
0: Absolutely, like even even something where the James Brown movie that came out, ironically enough, which was played by Chadwick, Chadwick, right? He played all the black people, but it's like. I really didn't like the James Brown movie. And, and, and it's a bad film. And it was and it was ran and owned Man, by um what's my man's name? Um from Rolling Stones. Directed it. Um um who, who did the the, 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 the Rolling Stone guy.
1: Oh, uh Mick Jagger. Yeah, Mick Jagger.
0: Yeah. He had the rights he had the rights to the James Brown story. Right. Mick Jagger has the rights to the James Brown story. Like how how fucking crazy did that sound? Even as much as I love Don Cheadle. I was really disappointed with Miles Ahead. With Miles ahead. I mean look at look at my house. It. Like oh, I got nothing but Miles posters in here. And he hit a wall where the studio was basically like the crazy thing about Miles Ahead that just drove me fucking crazy. If you ever read Miles' autobiography, that motherfucker had the most interesting life you could possibly imagine. So to I
1: love your old headset. Y'all should see this shit right there. Hold on, nigga.
0: Y'all should see this shit this, right. Get this into is, it right Yeah. TC's she, Devil's King. <laughs> <laughs> but now, nah, like, Miles had the most interesting story you can possibly imagine where you don't have to make shit up. And so what killed me about Miles Ahead, it was this fictional story and he had to write this white character in there and, and Don Cheeto even said that the studio wouldn't give him the money unless he put a white actor in it to sell the movie. And I'm like, what the fuck are we talking about? You know what I'm saying? And so, and so like, you know, I'm, even though I'm kind of wakanda out, <laughs> which I kind of said in this Kanye article, I do love the idea of when you look at Ryan Coogler, who everything about this nigga. Should say that he shouldn't have his hands on a oh, yeah. on the a Marvel film project. Black
1: Panther is maybe the least cool thing about the fact that the film Black Panther exists.
0: Yeah, you know, cooler, There's
1: so many cooler. cooler things about the fact that that movie is out.
0: Yo, and so it's it's kind of proof of like here's what that happens. Of a black
1: director, yo, come Think on, of a motherfucking movie, and, that and beat fucking Titan,
0: like, and he oh, wrote it. So,
1: oh my god, I can't
0: even. That in there. I'm going I'm be honest. I'm gonna be honest with you, right?
1: There's so many dope sh- things
0: about it. I'm going to be honest with you, right? I've been pitching the idea. I pitched the idea of black as fuck to the theater a while ago, back in December. Because I'm like, hey, guys, you know, let's try to do some black shit at the theater, blah, 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 I'm not throwing them under the bus by saying this, but they're not going to listen anyway, so fuck them. But um, nah, it was just. <laughs> I pitched. I love it. I pitched this idea to them a while ago, and it kind of like, it didn't happen. And then I think post Black Panther, when we brought it back up, they were on it. And I kind of felt like because of Black Panther, the idea did you just snort nigga? (laughs) Thanks, Ryan. Yeah, I did. But because of Black Panther. Because of Black Panther, it (laughs) gave them the the I think the willingness to let this show happen.
1: Well maybe. I I think that the last few years have shown that white people are realizing that that long that long fake adage that black media does not make money. Yeah. Is
0: not true. It's like white people love black culture, but they would prefer white people doing it,
1: which is weird. Because when HBO gave Easter Ray Insecure, I remember everybody was like, "Whoa, let's see how long this lasts." And I was like, "Hopefully for a while," because I bet it'll be good. And then it was, and then white people were like, "Oh my god, have you heard of like Insecure?"
0: <laughs> right? I mean, so, yeah. Similarly, I got a question. <laughs> I got a question for you. I didn't watch Despite Lee's. She's got to have it. Series. I have not seen it yet. I felt weird about it. Like the I little. fell out
1: with Spike after I watched. Uh, Red really Hooks <laughs> Oh, Sourac,
0: Okay. Yeah. Like Spike. fuck. I,
1: I saw Sharrak so and I went. I kind of was like, fuck you, dog.
0: It was. It was. It was really bad. It makes me
1: feel bad because as a child, I wrote one of the first papers I wrote in middle school about a black person that I was allowed to write about a black person that wasn't designated that way. Yeah. Was Spike Lee? Yeah, I, and yeah, and I and I like read about it, and my parents told me which ones I was not allowed to watch. Like I couldn't watch Crookers, uh, uh, Crooklyn, Crook, no Clockers, Clockers, sorry. yeah, yeah, Crook, yeah. Uh, Crooklyn. I couldn't watch Clockers and a couple other ones, but I was just thoroughly interested to see that the this black person got there.
0: I have a random story about Clockers that so I'm gonna get to, my Spike at the time
1: point. there weren't a lot. of... That was the black director What's for he? us. Like I was like. That was it. That was the only black director that I had known about.
0: I mean, we know that, and I think Spike knew that for many years, and I think he really got really, really complacent with that. But Oh, he definitely did. So here's my thing with the Spike shit about I'm fucking
1: with Reggie Miller. <laughs> oh god. no beige yo, yo,
0: you know what though? <laughs> he was the reason Reggie Miller hit them shots, same way. That
1: shit was hilarious.
0: Yo, nine points in like three seconds, something like that. I can't remember what it's like. But that's why, um that's why the raptors got swept, because Drake kept talking shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, Drake, just shut up. Like, don't don't give these motherfuckers any motivation. I digress. Drake. But 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 what I'm saying about Spike, which I tried to watch the first episode, because I have a, I have a, a, a homegirl that's in Chicago. She texts me. She says, yo, have you seen She's Gotta Have and I said, nah. She says, I don't like it. I feel weird. Watch it and see. <laughs> She's like, watch the first episode and tell me if you feel what I feel. And I didn't like the writing of it. But it felt awkward, right? Because yeah. it felt like, Spike, Did he write it? That's the point that I'm saying. Spike felt really out of place. He felt, he's like a 60 year old black guy that's like, I want to speak on behalf of a young black woman. And he seemed very tone deaf with a he lot of felt it.
1: Felt fine doing it in Chirac. <laughs>
0: that was just awful. And like what, what killed me about it was that they tried to they try to run my this,
1: whole goddamn feeling. They
0: try to run the narrative, oh, you know, it's based on this play and y'all niggas. A said, it yeah, it was eat- like,
1: dude, it hadn't. Eaten- even the it way that it was so based bad. on the strata didn't make me oh
0: It was so God. bad, um, ladies and gentlemen. If you guys are listening, if you thank want you to it, the
1: University of South Carolina for teaching me classic literature. <laughs> That's the only thing I can thank you guys for. Because uh, low key, the, your theater teachers were trash, except for Victor Hull. Can't shout out you. You're lit.
0: Uh, we wanna, okay, I was about to say, don't be dissing, motherfuckers. I got no black names No,
1: leave all of that in. Um, I don't give a fuck.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, um, if you guys are listening and you know, Columbia, South Carolina <laughs> way, um, you can buy tickets to the Black As Fuck show by going to the page bit.ly slash AF show. When you're going to see this link on SoundCloud, this link is going to be in there too. Please get the ticket so we can sell this bitch out, because I don't want to go through this whole thing convincing this theater to let this black ass show happen and then 30 of y'all motherfuckers show up and they're gonna be like see (laughs) we told you so please please black folk please show up uh, (laughs) (laughs) i mean there was some stuff that i talked about on here if you speak it if you believe it you feel me oh my gosh that was the 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 secret yeah the secret like like Dave chappelle had like a funny joke about that and he's just like i read the secret and he's like word that's what you tried to say just envision it He said, are you going to go to a third world country and go to a starving kid and say, well, the reason you're hungry is that you haven't visualized a roast beef sandwich? You know, so it's like, so it's like, (laughs) I think it can't just be that. Like, I think that's. Well,
1: no, I I mean, people speak in extremes, but.
0: Well, here's what I hate, right? It
1: can't actually be that way. Here's what
0: I hate. When Trump got elected, um, I go to work and this white guy got my job. And he tries to do that whole speech of you could tell who voted for who by the response, right? Cause when I get to work, all the black people, we crying, like like we hugging each other in the in the, in the kitchen. And everybody nobody... else was high-fiving and yeah. like they wouldn't high-fiving Here's what they did. The white folks the white folks did this shit. They were just like, Well, you know, it really doesn't matter who's in the white house. I mean, what you gotta do is pull yourself up it's by the bootstraps. Yeah, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and work hard. And I'm like, nigga, you voted for Trump. I heard nobody say any of that shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm leaving this job I'm at now. Bitches, but none actually like, around a bunch of white women who were crying.
1: I was at a party. Yeah.
0: Because you be hanging around cool white folks. You be hanging around. You hang around. You hang around the white I people. You you hang around the I white people. I don't want people. you to delete
1: the South Carolina comment, but you, I want you to delete that that.
0: You be hanging around the white people that if somebody says something racist, they'll be ready to fight before you will ready to fight. Like they'd be you more gangster. <laughs> I'm telling you. They want to prove
1: cuz I don't put up with no bullshit, I think. And i get rid of the ones that are full of bullshit. Like I'm like go away. I don't
0: you? Oh my gosh Um But then I get beef You know You all, yo, you always And that's yourself. life
1: though You know what As they say in the Bronx You know What's life without A little fucking beef
0: Vegetarian I don't Terrible. know Terrible
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody In the Bronx is a vegetarian
0: No 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 You can't You They're can't like, be What the
1: fuck is a vegan
0: Yeah it's like, <laughs> What is this <laughs> What is this? Like you give them like, like vegan food it's like, What do you get in the deli? <laughs> like like my pit bull don't even eat vegan. What the fuck <laughs> How about you know what the fuck are we doing here? Is
1: the Bronx the only borough that allows pit bulls?
0: I don't know, do they? I don't know. I don't know, okay, I, know I know I know everybody gotta wear Timberland boots.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna get in so much trouble for this entire podcast I honestly do not get.
0: I doubt Samara Samaros gonna hear this and get mad at you. But oh, um that, that, But um They'll be fine. They know they understand. But, so I'm, I'm I'm thinking like you know, there was some stuff that I was talking about on the, you know, we were listening to some of the rehearsal stuff. You know, I'm talking about hip hop culture and yeah. and their dealings with depression and mental health, which is kind of interesting because I think Kanye kind of brought a lot of this stuff to the forefront a lot more recently. Um, how do you feel about. I don't know what's going on with with the conversation of things that have always been taboo in the black community right like what are the things that we've always felt like was taboo is it has it been mental health has it it. has it been sexuality has it been you know depression
1: niggas need to get over all of that shit Mm -hmm. that is ridiculous like (laughs) you can't expect to to grow in your truth if you are not gonna be honest about shit absolutely And if you need help fucking get help And if you can't be yourself, you're not going to be able to properly grow, or you'll never fully be satisfied. Was there
0: was there a moment for you where you felt a breakthrough that you're like, you know what, I just got to be me. I might I might seem different to everybody else, but this is you know I'm gonna do my shit. Uh,
1: I was like. 15 or 16 and I started like chipping away at it from I don't think it's as easy as like this giant egg crack I think it's an annoying like hard boiled egg crack yeah (laughs) you gotta really
0: I mean that makes that makes sense like it it?
1: takes a long time I I don't really think I'm still all the way there I think I'm a lot closer
0: I think I think I'm not worried about being where I want to be. I'm more interested in being open to the process of it. And I think that's the thing that some people are afraid of. It's like even this show. I think almost everybody's, I think people are so afraid
1: of it that they refuse to do it.
0: I think, I think that's, I think that's absolutely true. I think that um, even stuff where we're talking about black culture and depression, you know, I, I wrote an editorial about hip hop culture and depression. But as I think about it more, it comes from my family, too. And there was a story that I told in the editorial where, you know, my sister's special needs. And that's something else that I wanted to talk about on the show as well. And so I'm I'm the artist in the family, which means it was translated to I didn't have a real job in the family. So I would be with my sister throughout the day to help while my parents and everybody was at work. And so these neighbors across the street, there was a, a, a older man who was in his 80s and his son lived with him who was in his 50s or whatever. And so, like, one day I'm at my parents' house and I see, like, a fucking ambulance show up. You know, spoiler alert for our show. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, oh, well, I'm not gonna tell the whole story, but you
1: know, I'll, I'll Preach, give some. The tickets are $25.
0: Oh, I gotta give them something, but <laughs> but but kind of but kind of in a nutshell, the I neighbor, feel like
1: the girlfriend that's like, you're not supposed to tell anybody the story yet.
0: Well, I got plenty of dope shit, man, but but I'm saying that I'm I, just kidding. I, I feel ahead. like I, I feel like kind of in a nutshell, the neighbor across the street like killed himself, and it led to this very, very Heated discussion with my mother and I, where she was just like, oh, "How can somebody, you know, just let it get to that point?" And she's just like, "Well, have you you ever felt like doing that?" And I'm like, "Yes, you know." And it created this whole thing with my family, which made me realize that, oh shit, you know, hip hop culture and depression isn't the only taboo. The black generation prior to that, like my parents, this idea of, you know, we ain't got the money for that shit, you know, you walk it off, you know, or or the acknowledgement that Life is just supposed to be hard for us. That we just we just think that's just how it is for us,
1: right? But it's like we want it to be better for our children, but also it's hard for everybody. But I'm like, it does not have to be as hard as we're making. You know
0: what I mean? Absolutely. And I think you know it's it's like it's like the idea of struggling is something that I think Black people in America expect. You know what I mean? And I feel like like White it's because folks, because
1: you have to push yourself so hard. It's I think because wh- you have to push yourself to do shit.
0: I agree. I think white people culturally don't don't think that they have to struggle. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I
1: think that white people think they do have to struggle, but I think that they think that the, their struggles are like I, I think that we would consider to be like r- absurd struggles would be like real ass shit. Yeah, to them sometimes. Because I've <laughs> talked to people that I'm like that doesn't really sound like that big of a deal. But then also I understand that everything is a, uh, I don't know, perspective. I, it's but like, I'm like, how do you not understand that there's other <laughs> perspectives than the one that you have?
0: But that's And that's the thing is that I think people try to find their perspective with motherfuckers that look like them all the time. It's kind of difficult. So it's like you have to, you have to, Indulge in people that don't look like you don't sound like you don't fuck the way you fuck Don't eat the same cuisine that you eat Don't pray the same way that you pray and that's where the perspective comes from and I think that you know you know, white folks that's out there, please feel free to spend your twenty five dollars to see this black as fuck show. It'd be a great educational question, and it'd be some other black look. It'd be some other black shit that you could talk to your black friends about other than the wire. <laughs> you know what Man. I'm saying? Like, like they always want to walk to us and talk about the fucking white, wire.
1: Black white people are not talking about the wire anymore.
0: Well, what is it now? Atlanta. They try to bring up Atlanta. Probably. Now. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of which, <laughs> how, how do you feel about the uh, This Is America video?
1: It's dope. I like it. Yeah. I feel good about it. I've seen it like three or four times so far, yep. and uh, I, I th- haven't read any single think piece on it because I don't feel like it yet.
0: Well, the funny thing was my Kanye article. I was really mad because they didn't edit my article. Um, they, I, what I thought they was going to edit out, they 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 didn't edit, and what I thought they was going to keep, they took it out. It's like at the end of the article where I was basically, you know, burying Kanye, where the opening <laughs> the opening sentence was. You know, according to Kanye West. God, you went off at the top. I
1: went, God damn. Yeah, you
0: read the first <laughs> sentence. Yeah, according to Kanye West, our answers were pussies, and and I and I wanted to end the article. <laughs> but
1: then you stepped back and you went, "Sorry for the language." I went, "Oh." Uh,
0: only did that. Only did that because I was like, "All right." I, I thought it was
1: so funny. I needed
0: to. I needed to. I needed, to, I needed to, My editor to know that I was aware of it and not like I was just slipping. It just
1: cracked me up.
0: But the the end of the article is basically like I don't feel bad for losing Kanye because we have Donald Glover, you know. And they took that yeah. line out. I don't know why. The oh, fuck they took, that's what they, they took yeah, out. Yeah, I'm like, Damn. why would you take you you keep the pussy line in, but you take that line out. But anyway, I digress. So I have a habit like I don't
1: <laughs> they've printed some crazy shit I've said. But you know what? The f- <laughs> actually that my mom has gotten upset with me before about.
0: Oh, oh my god, yeah. And I was
1: like, why did you say this? And I was like, uh, I didn't know they were in print. I, but I also say, didn't tell them not to. So whatever you.
0: You've never written anything worth a damn unless your mama call you and fuss at you about it. So I, I've been through that. The suicide article was very interesting, and I got an interesting conversation oh with my mom boy. and I. That was that was a fun one.
1: Did you not let her read it beforehand?
0: Um, nope Yo. she she read it when it was printed. I, yeah, I, I gave it. Ah! I didn't send her the, I didn't send her the link. I had to give her the paper. I said, "All right, when you read this." we we'll talk. want to keep it funny. want
1: to keep it spicy. I mean, you know. I'm not mad at you, actually. I yeah. feel like that's an okay decision. You
0: know, the, the funny thing was this, right? The, the funny thing about that article when I'm talking about mental health and stuff like that, you don't know how many of my black friends hit me up. And it was sort of like them kind of coming out of the closet, like, you know what? I, I see a therapist. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was <laughs> <'Cause> like. <laughs> niggas are
1: afraid to. I don't know why niggas are afraid to be honest about shit like that. But because. I'm because- like, that's okay. Also, I'm like, you got cousins that smoke crack. And they're like, yo, I fucking smoke crack. And y'all be like, "Oh yeah, Ricky smoked crack, but you can't say that you have an
0: issue." I guess it more it's more understandable. <laughs> I think it's more understandable for somebody to be addicted to crack than to be sad. Why? Because we can understand because mental Ill- people forget that mental illness is still a physical. I mean, illness. I mean, your granted, brain is I agree. still a part of your body. I, I agree, but it's like, but somehow, some way in the black community, it's like if there's a if we it's feel because
1: black people are already so disadvantaged from the jump. I mean, because look, man, look. I, and if you're a black parent, think about it. If you, if, if, if I, if I were a black parent, I would assume that I would not want my kid to look at adversity and go, "It's supposed to be hard," so I don't know if I can do it. Well, but I do want them to think maybe it's supposed to be hard, but I know that, and I can surmount that. And yeah. I don't. I think that maybe that's what we could change to instead of like, if you think it's not hard, you're weak.
0: I mean, <laughs> look. I mean, think about it like this, right? There's it, My father has one picture from his childhood. One. One. I've never seen pictures of my father as a teenager. I've never seen him as a young man. One fucking picture. It was a school picture when he was like in the fifth grade. One picture. And I say that to say, when you grow up that fucking poor, who has extra money to buy pictures? Who has extra, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So mental health becomes the same thing where it's just like inherently, if we're like, yo, Our money is so tight, we're just surviving. Who the fuck are we gonna pay for? It shouldn't be like that because that's an
1: argument for healthcare in general.
0: I I agree. I agree. And, And because
1: that's what you get to, and then you're still stuck in that thought process where you still, you and I still go, well, mental health is, it's not less important than immediate physical health because if it's to a point where it's debilitating. Yeah. If you're if you're if you have knee problems, that's OK, unless your knee is so bad that you can't stand up, then you might need to go get that help. Yeah. And if your depression is so bad that you can't get out of bed. Yeah. Then you may need help.
0: I mean, unfortunately, the things that the kind of get over our pain, you know, liquor, crack and fried chicken is cheaper than seeing a the therapist. And, like, you know, and so you end up having fortunately yeah. a, a lot of, you know, young black. People dying yeah. really young. I mean, you know, this Oxycon past- is
1: cheaper than fucking surgery. Y- you I know, know. I mean, like,
0: I mean, the past couple of years, you know, <sighs> Fife from a Tribe Called Quest passed away in his forties. Yeah. Um, Prodigy from Mob Deep passed away in his forties. You know, like, like
1: we have been losing a lot of rap, or like of like rap legends. <laughs> and my grandmother,
0: Adrian's? and listen, and my grandmother, you know, lived to, to be 90. Like there was, in, and her mom lived to be in her 90s. So it's just like for, for as much advancement that we have with health and technology and shit like that, you know. There's previous generations that are that are living better than us, you know, physically and financially. Like I think this is the the newest this latest generation is the first generation where we're not doing it better than our parents financially. You know? It's like this generation is more educated than the previous generation, but we still broke as fuck. You know what I'm saying? Like when my dad was my age, I don't know, he had three about kids. Us this
1: generation,
0: I don't I mean, I don't know, I don't know either. This is just me kinda, you know, I, I think one of the things I wanted to be able to do with this with this show is that I'm not professing that I have answers to a lot of this stuff. I we think, also didn't really get to
1: enter the workforce, if you think about
0: it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, We
1: kind of just like...
0: If you look there at... There was
1: no workforce for us to really enter.
0: This is why when we talk about Motown, I think the music was so, was so dope and black because of Ford. And what I mean by that is if you look at hip-hop culture where everybody's like living... You know, in the projects stacked on top of each other, the idea of a garage band isn't going to (laughs) happen. You know what I'm saying? Like niggas don't have money to buy instruments and stuff like that. So when you look at Motown, Motown thrived because of, you know, the economic boom because of Ford and, and and GM and all this type of shit where they're bringing a slew of black folks from the south to come work in Detroit. And so for there to be a musical hub out of Detroit makes sense because when you move up to like the middle class or go to the suburbs, you have a house, you have a garage, you have money where, Hey son, you want a set of drums? Hey son, you want to buy a bass? And I think all of that kind of plays in together. So it's mm-hmm. just like, you know, our our artistic health is required on us being able to have employment as well. You know? Yeah. so I
1: mean, I'm also, re- I also realize I'm lucky enough to have parents that can afford to buy me a guitar and give me guitar
0: lessons. And we're absolutely, we're absolutely lucky. You know, we're absolutely lucky. Like, you know, my mom will be wondering, like, you know, did we do, did we do a good job? Like, mom, y- y'all did a great job. You did a wonderful job. You know, I got to kind of take it from here, though. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's, it's my parents made sure that our our childhood was better than theirs. But also, what I have that they didn't have is the information age of I'm more aware than they were you know, growing up. So then there's there's that responsibility. Absolutely. That responsibility of, uh, of James Baldwin saying being, um, what did he say? He said, uh, being aware or being conscious as a black man in America, you're in a constant state of rage. I mean, there's a
1: very clear reason they did not want slaves to read.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Very,
1: very clear reason. They did not want them to to know how to access information. But,
0: but, but more so than that, more than us wanting to, us to be able to read, they didn't want us documenting our stories.
1: Right, it's it's if you if you have the ability to access information and record information,
0: absolutely, yep, yep. It's like we
1: still record and the funny thing is they still recorded information because we know that slavery existed and we know about it. But you know, because they were able to pass and they could pass things down. But you know what, you Haley was able to figure out.
0: But what (laughs) you didn't know, what you didn't know about slavery, though, it was a choice.
1: for easy. Yeah, it was a choice, nigga.
0: Yeah. Me may, maybe
1: for easy it was a choice. I you don't know. know.
0: Oh, God bless him, man. I I like I don't know how I feel about this guy. I just think that black folks we need to let these motherfuckers go when they go to that point. So it's just like we don't need to I mean, I think it's kind of funny where it's I basically think he
1: needs the people that are close to him to help him.
0: But I don't think they. I can't
1: help him. I
0: don't think they're capable of helping him. I don't think. I don't think. I
1: don't know who is, but I don't have any help for him.
0: I mean, I don't. I don't have anything for him. I mean, there's
1: nothing I can do for Kanye West.
0: One thing that drove me crazy about everybody that was calling him out, even his like friends, like when John Legend hits him up, or even when Van called him out, they always had to interject that because you're a genius, and because you know you're blah, blah blah blah. It's like nigga, if my brother goes off the deep end on some dumb shit. I'm not going to I'm not going to stroke his <laughs> ego in the middle of me cussing him out. And I think that one of the worst things that could have happened to Kanye was he had um positive negative reinforcement, right? Yeah, so, why
1: can't you honestly critique people that you care about?
0: Well, see, my thing is what happened with Kanye is this is that he's impervious to it now because when he first came out the reality of it was you know, Rockefeller didn't want to sign him as, as an not, artist. I
1: have, a, I have the same theory. about You, you, you know what I'm saying? That they you can't. I have it. It's called my Kanye can't tell me nothing theory. Absolutely, be- because
0: like, y'all were fair. wrong. None of y'all niggas wanted to sign me. None of y'all niggas believed in me. And look what I became. So when y'all telling me I'm wrong again, I'm just gonna be like, nigga, y'all was wrong last time. Why am I gonna listen to you? He's
1: still on it,
0: I and see, me. he doubles down on that shit. You know, so. It's sort of like what and happened. He goes
1: through these meltdowns, but he acts like they're not a part of that narrative.
0: Yeah. Because he like thinks refusal. Because he thinks that whatever fuels my artistic my artistic ability. To is him, necessary. talent is all
1: you need. He's like, talent is it. And I'm like, that's not the end all be all. There's a lot of motherfuckers that are talented and gross. I mean Or talented and don't even get to their potential.
0: We, we... I, I have a question for you. And this is something that I thought about, right? Is that if I look at um, my parents, when they were growing up, the people they looked up to, they probably looked up to a Martin Luther King. They looked up to a Malcolm. They looked up... What's going on? All right, making sure. you scare me. <laughs> but like my parents, you know, they looked up to, to the Martin Luther Kings. They looked up to the Malcolms. They looked up to the Panther Party. They might have looked up to a Bobby Kennedy. I don't think my mom... Bobby! I don't think my mom and dad spoke about musicians as people they looked up to. They looked up to like civil rights leaders and they th- looked up to people in the political fray that was think trying about to their help. Parents. Say again.
1: Think about their parents.
0: I don't know who they looked up to. I mean, they yeah, probably but, looked up to preachers. You know,
1: you, I was gonna say if you think about it, their parents would have been around that time where like gospel even was something where people were like, "What? The, yeah. Watch, watch what you're doing over there."
0: Well, that. <laughs> well, this is the. Que- but this is the question that I have. Do you think? That this is kind of a should be a was a referendum on how we look at how we um, look at musicians as 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 role models that that should kids be looking at I mean I know we had Obama we should, but should we look at like Kamala Harris um, in a way that needs to be upheld more than a rapper?
1: Role models are role models. They're not gods. Like role models are human beings. People keep forgetting this. People role models are still people. I I think that you're allowed to choose who you look up to and for which reasons you do. Mm -hmm. But there's nothing wrong with tempering your understanding of who somebody is. Yeah. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with going, Kanye West is great at producing music. He knows how to do that. Mm -hmm. I don't know that he's great at at making social <laughs> social yeah. conversation or commentary. Yeah. I don't think that he is. I don't think that he's good with navigating a room necessarily in a tasteful manner. But I think that he is good at being blatantly and brashly honest.
0: Well I now, guess I don't
1: know that I uh, I don't agree with a lot of the shit that he says and has said.
0: Well, you know what? I feel like I always tell people honesty and truth aren't synonymous, right? Cuz you can have They're a redneck. All. You can have a redneck that's like, "You know what? Goddamn coons, they, their I'm brains are small," of, and you know. Low
1: key I'm like, "I appreciate you being honest." Yeah,
0: but but you know, if, if people can hide behind, "Well, I was just being honest," but like, nigga, it's not true. And I think that I think that it's like you got to look at what you're being honest about. You know what I mean? Like, if a motherfucker is just like, you know, honestly, if R. Kelly is like, honestly, I like 13-year-old girls, you're not going to get a pat on the back for being honest. No, <laughs> you but know what I'm saying? still, but you still sell think, a million you're records. still a for piece of steals. shit. Absolutely. Man,
1: at the very least, I go, well, at least you know you, at least you're acknowledging that you know you're a piece of shit. And maybe well, now you can grow from that. Here's my question. I don't know if you can grow from that if you don't acknowledge that shit, though.
0: Here's my question. Why? I think I have, a, I have an idea, but why is it taking so long for R. Kelly to get booted out during the Me Too movement?
1: Uh, because he's black? What are you talking about? That's
0: that's the answer. Is it is it because he's black? <laughs> yes. Is is it because he's black or is it because his victims no, are black women?
1: Because he because both. Yeah. Because both, to be completely honest. Now here's how it goes. A, because he's black. Mm. B because his victims are black women.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now the last ones we're gonna hear are like white dudes that have black female victims. Yeah. And because the way the media still does things. It's still under that guise of of the white gaze which is uh th- gross. In a, uh, and also under the gaze of misogyny. But uh I think that the issue is that black people don't want to lose any of our heroes, which is fair. Which is weird. It's like... It's fair that we don't want to lose our heroes because we don't have many. But when our people are wrong, they they fucking wrong, dog. That,
0: that's a, I, 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 <laughs> I, think, wrong. I think I think What's happening with Kanye is that we can't get mad at what's happening with Kanye. I'm a
1: Kanye West fan, and he's wrong. He am sounds my, am fool. And my thing man, is, am am
0: my thing it is, out. Kanye's beef was just that he just said some shit I don't agree with. He's not done anything illegal to my knowledge. He hasn't done anything immoral to my knowledge. He just has a fucked up philosophy. So it's just like, you know.
1: But is that the first fucked up philosophy he's had? He's been mad misogynist but, in the
0: past. What, but what I'm saying is there's still people defending Bill Cosby.
1: Of course they are. Yeah,
0: you know what I mean. Like it's like I, I said. I said the other day to someone. I said, you know, you know, Cosby had over sixty something women accuse him of of rape. However, they want to try to you know touch it up, sexual misconduct, whatever the fuck they want to say. And I'm like, S- over sixty something women, sixty five women. I said, if you went out of town to go to a restaurant and you wanted to look on Yelp to see if you wanted to go there, if sixty five people said this restaurant got roaches. You gonna be like, yo, I'm not going to the restaurant because 65 motherfuckers said this yeah, place got Damon roaches. And I
1: saw one roach at a place. Yo, but we got the
0: fuck up. But it. what I'm saying is, if you go to a restaurant I, and see 65 Yelp reviews that this place got roaches, you're not going. But when it comes to 65 women saying this motherfucker raped me, we're like, eh, need more information. <laughs> like, oh, it's something. The,
1: but the weird, I feel like, is like, our like, and I understand the only reason I understand why ignorant niggas like D. L. Hughley and shit are like well, I mean, it's still Bill Cosby. I'm like, because you had him and the woman that played Uhura on Star Trek. Did you Like, y'all, y'all, you didn't have anybody, and but you're still wrong. And you need to understand that people are fallible. Like, people can be fucking wrong.
0: I guess, um, this is a great quote that I posted today by Denzel, and he said, people give the awards, but God gives the reward. And I think that it's the same thing with people we look up to. It's like, you know, yeah, we can respect something that people bring to the table, but our faith needs to be kind of, an, you know, in God. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if somebody's atheist listening to this. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Charlie Murphy. But but I, I think that our, our faith needs to be atheists placed. just
1: have their own God. Everybody has their—they have something to believe
0: in. You feel me? That would be interesting, too, about exploring that I've never touched on is black Southern— culture, and atheism. Because, you know... I was
1: agnostic up until, like, a few... Like, maybe a month ago.
0: So, is agnostic basically saying, you know, we believe in something, but we just don't know? Is that is that basically the best way to explain yeah. it? Ba- yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm. I went through years of, like, I don't fuck with this church thing. Mm. I feel like there is some higher power, but I don't understand why a lot of what I've been taught about it mm. would... Work the way that these people, you, you know, that sort of thing. Where I think a lot of people, when they start questioning God to begin with, as kids, mm-hmm. the only thing is like, "Why do bad things happen?" Though? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, I, I had that moment, and I was like, I still feel this, but I'm not sure, yeah. you know, where it goes. But
0: I, I'm interested in seeing that because it's like there's a lot of like black religion that's kind of deep in me, and I don't, I don't go to church. I
1: want to know so much more about. Black religion, absolutely like like African,
0: absolutely that, that too. And that, and that was a thing where it's like, you know,
1: that's my next research project. I think
0: you know what I wanted to do? I wanted to do a documentary, kind of. Um, I want to chase down all of the um segregated remnants of South Carolina. So, there has to be like still
1: old school, went through segregation. No, no,
0: no, no. there had to be like the schoolhouse my granny went to. You know what I'm saying? I was gonna say I
1: was like my dad was one of the first integrators.
0: Oh really? My yeah. I, my mom went to Keenan when it was when it was segregated. You know what I mean? So, Washington
1: down the street was wow. a high school, black high school. Well,
0: what I'm thinking is like the the you know how the schools would be like one big room and you got like three different grades in there. I want to find the old school colored only signs, white Ooh. only signs, like that would be an interesting project. What I wanted to do. And maybe I can still do this. I'm, I'm I'm spitballing now, but there's this um, there's this exhibit, there's a museum. I forgot where it was, but it was a, it's a lynching museum. Um, that talks about Is lynching. It might it, 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 it might be it might be in D.C. I can't remember. But Oprah did an interview about it, and when they were doing the when they were doing the story about it on 60 Minutes, there were two cases that were in South Carolina, and I thought it would be interesting to to do kind of like a. A research thing about lynchings in South Carolina. Can we
1: get money to do an Orangeburg Massacre fucking documentary? How's that been
0: done? You know what? Let's do it.
1: I bet we could get money to do a killer Orangeburg Massacre documentary. I think
0: All right, let's do it. Let's do it. Absolutely. All
1: right. Because that's something that I learned about in middle school, I remember. And and I remember asking my parents because I only got a sliver of information from the private school that taught me. My parents helped me. Well, basically, told me things and then showed me some literature from, you know, black southerners where we could kind of read about that stuff. But I, I didn't know.
0: You know, the other thing too, and and this is probably another, like I'm I'm as I think more about the black as fuck show, there's reasonings that come to my head that I didn't know that I know. You know what I mean? It's kind of subconscious, and it's now coming out. One of the things about my grandmother that I realized later in life was that I think about the idea of like Alex Haley doing roots and there was always this story about my family
1: I still wonder how the fuck he did that he got lucky
0: but this is what well, this is the point that I'm saying this is this is what was so profound about him was that he had family that was willing to talk right where my grandmother and and a lot of my my elders growing up the past was so fucking painful they never wanted to talk about it's
1: it. Like that
0: PTSD. Absolutely, that's exactly what it was. So it's like, so it's like I can never ask my granny these questions because she would just clam up. But every once in a while, when she just start running, I just gotta, I just kind of gotta listen to her. And so like the the last conversation I've ever had with her, she just started opening up about shit. She started talking about um, the Klan. She started talking about growing up in the Jim Crow South. We we were talking about you know the Civil Rights Movement and marching. Um, and she told me the story about. When she was a kid, like probably seven, eight years old, her great grandmother used to live with them and her great grandmother was a slave. So it's like that whole six degrees of separation thing. My grandmother interacted with a slave, which means that I'm one degree separated. She touched hands with a slave. I touched hands to my grandmother It's one degree of separation. And it was just this really, really. Intense thing that kind of just ran through my mind where I was like, "Wow!" Like
1: it really wasn't that long ago.
0: Absolutely, you you know what I'm saying? Like like it you really you really realize like this is you know we're not that far off as as far off as we think we are, you know. But um, yeah, I think um, I think the blackest fuck concept. If I if if I was a mission statement, it, it would be our stories have to be told and we have to. Be in control of telling our own stories, and I think that at the end of the day, this is my story. I want to talk about it, and hopefully, people will resonate with it. And after this, I ain't performing no more in Colombia.
1: I think as long as you're honest with the way that you perform, and uh,
0: obviously, attractive. Oh, You'll, you'll get that, across I was about to say If I'm attractive I'm not
1: talking about you I'm talking about the show
0: Oh I was about to say I was like, If you right. gotta depend on me Looking attractive man We fucked up yeah.
1: <laughs> like, well, We
0: fucked up And get you to a barber Yeah I mean I went you know I'm, I'm like a week out But mm. I got I got my next barber appointment You Bro, know You look like
1: uh, Granddad in the boondocks Oh my younger. god When he was younger you When he was long? younger oh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, well, he was your granddad, <laughs> Freeman. Oh my God, Robert Freeman, Robert, yeah. Robert Freeman, Robert Bitches Freeman. Oh my, we gonna call you Mo Bitches Granddad. I have to, listen.
1: I was, I was, I went to see Constance at Us and a couple white women told me they're very excited about this show. Really? Yeah,
0: I'm excited they're about it.
1: The whites are lit. <laughs>
0: You know, you know, how I want to. You know how I want to open the show up is that you know I, I want to go into the song and whatever, and I just want to look at the crowd and be like, "Y'all motherfuckers paid twenty five to see me, damn." You know what I mean? It'd be like, "Yo, white folks, thank you." You know, y'all spent twenty five dollars oh, to see worry. me. One of our recurring bits is going
1: to be twenty five dollars is going to flash on the screen on a <laughs> yo
0: right it, yo in
1: green. It's yo. gonna. There's very few colors in the show.
0: <laughs> yo green and. And as we talk about the $25, we want to shout out to the Auntie Karen Foundation because yeah. they are going to get 15% of our proceeds. Because I think from now on, I think I want to set a precedent with myself is that from now on when I do events, I want to um, put money towards black I'm not folks. used to getting paid for doing events. Now, I'm, I used mean, to, I'm used to doing
1: events with all of my money being Look, spent on the event and then going to charity. So now I'm
0: I mean, like, yeah,
1: let's let's make money and give money to charity. I
0: mean, call. I mean, let's let's be honest, man. It's it's like well, I'm too old for that shit now. I think I think a lot of
1: <laughs> I can't do that anymore. I have I, to make something. I
0: think what we have to do is train people how they need to treat us because I don't think we
1: need I, to train people into not trick it not into into not fucking not paying us our money i I mean that i mean and
0: (laughs) and, and, you know and you know and it was and it was and we had that conversation about how much should we charge and i'm thinking is this too little is this too high and 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 i think that you know the integrity that we put in it there's so much money that we spend on dumb shit all the time that i'm basically like look man i want this to be in the atmosphere at a theater i want this to kind of give the gravitas it deserves and i feel like the story i want to tell deserve. This type of medium, and so I'm excited about it. And I'm excited because I'm terrified, and it's like I think that's when true yeah, you art be terrified. Yeah, He's about
1: to get into it, it's
0: man. Look, true role. true art has to have a level of, of terror that make you cry next week. I mean, shit, I don't shit doing the b roll shit when I'm recording this stuff. That's why I ain't what you hear when I was recording. Well, like, oh, I thought you were acting, nigga. No, that shit, dog. I'm like. I'm like So yo 25 <laughs> 20, <laughs> If y'all want to see a nigga cry If y'all want to see a light skin nigga cry head, I
1: was listening to that shit in headphones I was like Damn this shit raw
0: Dog I'm Dog That shit dog I was like critiquing
1: it I felt weird I was like ah, This nigga going through it I don't know if I should <laughs> He was like your,
0: your, your, note, your notes Stop being a bitch <laughs> no, I was
1: like If you gonna cry just like breathe a little bit more beforehand. We need to get a good. You should smooth.
0: be like, you know, be like, I don't believe it. You have to acting was terrible. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There we go.
0: <laughs> nah, I got to talk through the crowd. Dance <laughs> 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 <Yeah. laughs> speech. <Sorry, niggas. laughs> yeah. Sorry, who's?
1: I'm sorry, niggas. Intermission. Everybody's like, this is the weirdest show I've ever seen. Yo.
0: I want to say that story for last. That I don't is wanna... one of my
1: favorite jokes about any show I direct. I always claim that something absurd is going to happen during it. And yeah. then everybody's like, what the fuck is going on during this show?
0: Man, look. <laughs> um. So, I don't know when we're putting this out. I might just put this bitch out tomorrow and just say, fuck it. Do it. I don't care. All right. Well, so, I mean, it, it's not about.
1: Uh, shout out to the University of South Carolina Theater and Dance Department. <laughs> you know what it is.
0: <laughs> this nigga. Um. <laughs> Once again, this is the Black as Fuck episode. This is uh, the first episode of the Negro League podcast. Um, I'm gonna be honest; I don't know what this podcast is gonna be, but I want you guys to be there to share it with us. If anything, it's going to be honest conversation. So whatever, whatever it turns out to be, just know that it's what I feel, it's what I think, and hopefully, people, huh? Do you have a link Uh, for the what? The the show. I'll put it all on the SoundCloud page, but if you want to buy the tickets, you go to bit b i t dot l y slash black a f show. Uh, we'll have that link on there as well. The tickets are twenty five bucks. Fifteen percent will go to the Auntie Karen Foundation. What about
1: the day before?
0: Um, two nights before it's going to be that Friday and not that Saturday. Oh, yeah, change that, up that Friday. And I got the flyers coming for that. That Friday we're going to have a Black as Fuck uh, art show. That's gonna accompany our event. It's gonna be at Frame okay. of Mind, 142 State Street, West okay. Columbia, South yeah, Carolina. Um, it's gonna be really, really dope. We're gonna have nothing but black and brown artists um kind of interpreting what we're doing for this show. And we're gonna have what we call a talk black instead of a talk back with me and this young man here talking about this show and people get White to ask us questions. Talk black. Yeah, a talk black, and it's gonna be really, really dope. That's gonna be free. That's gonna be Friday, May the 25th. Um, yeah, I think that's it. This is the first episode of the Negro League Podcast. Um, what's your Instagram handles and all that good shit?
1: Yeah, find me on j- BakariLevy.com, at Kari Levy on
0: the social media stuff. Word. And I go by the name of Preach Jacobs, at Preach Jacobs on everything. You can find me on MoBetterSoul at gmail.com for any questions, comments, concerns. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, Negro League Podcast. Yerp. Be you. To you.